0: I just want to take you through a life in a day of my normal day of what I do, what I'm responsible for. Um, Everything I do is because of you. I just get the privilege of being in Lithuania, but you are the ones that send me. And so I'm I'm accountable to you with my time and my effort of what I do. Um, My day starts at 6 o'clock in the morning, and we go nonstop, and I go to bed around 2. Um, We have a... I am the director of Suteka Movildi, which is Convoy of Hope Lithuania, so I oversee a compassion ministry. Um, <coughs> uh, my regional director, Omar Byler, had insight before I went in. I was the first missionary that they sent in that didn't go in under the invitation of the church. They sent me to go and start our own national organization, Convoy of Hope with intention of, in our constitution of bylaws, this is the, the document that the government approves of what you're allowed to do. Every business in Lithuania has that. In the constitution of bylaws, we wrote <coughs> that we wanted to work to help cults develop their programs. Because, you see, the national church is a cult. We're not recognized by the government. So Lithuanians look at the Christians in, the, in, in Lithuania like we look at Harry Krishners, Okay. So the lawyer that was working with me she said, you can't put this stuff in here. I said, well, we have churches and religions, too, but they're not going to accept this. I said, no, we, that's what we do. And she's looking at me like, whoo you know, and she goes, they're not going to accept it. And I said, well, we'll just believe that they will. And um, she called us, and she's like, they accepted it. We don't know if the person was just going pang, pang. We don't know the story behind it. But all we know is we got that seal on our documents. So every time somebody comes and says, you can't do this, we pull out our Constitution and bylaws. That happened like our first whole two years. Every time we did something, cautious, cautious. But now it's interesting because some things I forgot to say earlier today was that we don't go to the cities invited by the churches. The mayors are inviting us. So we have the local government inviting us, and the people will come, some will protest from the the Catholic Church there. They can't be doing this, they can't be doing the police, are, but they do such a good thing. And so we have police on our side, we have the local mayor on our side. And it's amazing because none of them are Christian yet. <laughs> but God is doing a good thing. And less than a half percent of our nation knows Jesus. We have less than 4,000 believers in our country. That's amazing. And what's more amazing is we have the privilege of going out and evangelizing in a nation where it's illegal. It's even more illegal to share the gospel with children. You have that parental permission. We've found lawyers to help us how to get around that in a proper and legal way. And we on all of our paraphernalia, as they call it, it says, you are welcome. You are welcome. This is an, a, a full gospel evangelism event. Your children will be evangelized. You must have your mom and dad's permission. Everything that goes in the newspaper, everything, everything that has our logo on says that. We have a warning. <laughs> it's cool, isn't it? <laughs> we have a warning. <laughs> but people still come. Every time someone comes to petition, guess what? It just brings out more people you're curious. And so um, I oversee this compassion ministry. We have a discipleship. Under this compassion ministry, we have a children's discipleship mentorship program. We have, we teach the national church on how to evangelize. We teach the national church how to work with children. We do conferences. Our first conference in Lithuania, we had nine children's workers. Last year, we did a Baltic conference because we've, I forgot to say this earlier, too. I just don't do Lithuania anymore. I'm responsible for all the Baltics. And we've moved into the center nation of doing our conferences in Lafayette, and we had 375 children and workers in just nine years. We've gone from nine to 375. That's pretty good progress. And what's amazing is this October, Indra, my assistant, who is 21, she'll be leading that conference this year. She's 21 years old, and she's the voice and sound for children in our nation so we have the discipleship, we have the teacher training, we have the compassion ministries, we do evangelism. Um, we, we, last year alone we did 23 cities. Um, last year alone we connected with over 25,000 children. Um, it's myself and 12 kids. That's my staff, 12 kids. I call her a kid because I'm old. She's 21, 18, 17, 16, and my youngest is 12. And we're from multiple denominations. And now we've dove, in, we, we've dove into TV production. That's a full-time job itself. But God is helping us. And we know if you have a gift for photography and film and want to do a mission trip, come see me. Um, I can keep you busy. Um, but God is good. And I, I just thank you because this is what we're doing. We have a voice. You see our logo in Lithuania? It's Vakujiga, uh, which means kids, Lithuania, adventure. It means something in the secular world today, in their world. They trust that logo. We have less than 4,000 believers, but wherever we go, they trust that logo. They know it's something good. Whenever they see Indra out on the streets, Indra, my leader, kids just flock to her. because Indra, Indra, the puppet lady! Because Indra, her story alone is amazing. When she was 16 years old, she was at an, a citywide event. i just seen her running through the fields, pretty ragged, 16-year-old. And I said, who is that girl? Oh, she's a street kid. She's part of a gang. I said, but who is she? Because God just drew me to her. Indra, her mom's a little bit crazy, has some social problems, no dad involved, just, you know, not a good situation. And I said, I need to meet her. I don't know why. And I know you have these moments in your life, because I'm nothing special. I'm just a human being. You have these moments at your work, at your school, at the, at, you know, at, out at the ball, in the park, where God speaks to your heart and points out somebody to you. But sometimes we don't trust Jesus that will come up with the words. But I went up to her and I said, hello, my name is Sharon, and I'm the director here of Cowboy of Hope, and I'd like to, get to know you. I'd like to meet you. And she goes, Hi. Hey. My name is Indra. I want to be a clown. And I'm like, okay. She had noticed our kids over in the tent getting ready for our outreach, and we do clown ministry. I just want to be a clown. And I'm just sitting there going, okay. You know, her English was very poor, and she wanted to speak English. She would, and I'm like, I am like, I can talk in the three. Oh, I know English, okay? And her English, she knew about five words. <laughs> I know English. <laughs> yes, Hi, bye. <laughs> but she told me in the morning, I want to be a clown, really. Dream of mine. I'm like, OK, so I sent her over to the tent to Mendogas. At that time, he was one of my leaders, and I said, "Mendogas, dress her up, let her be a clown." This was a three-day outreach in, the, in Yonava, the city that we're talking about. This was our planting. This is when we planted the center, and um, she comes out of the tent in an angel costume. Not her clown outfit, but she wanted the angel costume. And Mendoz goes, with a whole clown face. But she ran through those fields for 10 hours, and kids were just running after her. God used her that day, because some of those kids ended up in our center. She wasn't born again. She didn't know anything. But two years later, I have a, a picture of her. Two years later... Indra was standing here at the Franklin Graham Children's Crusade, key speaker, 19 years old, sharing with 15,000 children that they need to know Jesus. It wasn't a planned event. It was not a planned event. The man that was supposed to do it backed out. We got the call two weeks before. This was something that they have been training for for six months we need Indra to do this and i'm like i don't know cuz she really hadn't spoke publicly you know we've done little things and things but she never preached or anything we really need her to do this i'm like i'll ask her and i said Indra i got a call from Franklin Graham and um, the association and they need you to head up the kids crusade the one at the vivina yes We need to pray about this one. <laughs> three days. And so three days we pray. After the first day, we need to start fasting. Pray and fasting, okay? I said, okay. And we would talk through it. And afterwards she say, came back and she said, I will do it. How can I not do it? These children need to hear the voice of God. I don't know why me but I will do my best. And I didn't know how she would react. That's pretty intimidating. It'd be intimidating for me. And I've been doing this for over 30 years. She walked up there. Not not one ounce of fear was on that girl's face. Just the joy of the Lord. That light popped on, and the Deloney music came on. And, I mean, it was just like, wow. You would have thought she'd been doing that for years. She made the invitation, and as soon as she said, Jesus loves you, children, and he wants you to love him. Who's going to love Jesus today, and who wants to love him? A thousand kids rushed to that altar. We didn't have any altar space. It went all the way back to the back. She walked down because the, the prayer team took over. She came down, sat beside her, put her head on my shoulder, and began to weep. I'm just a street kid. How could God use me? And I said, Indra, that's the amazing thing. Every one of us are just someone. But we have a God in heaven that loves us. And if we're willing, he will take us places that we could never dream of. And she's never turned her back on that and never stopped. Right after high school, she said, I'm going to come to live with you, and you're going to mentor me, okay? I didn't have a mentorship program (laughs) like that where they lived with me. And she said, I know I'm going to do that. And I said, we need to talk to your mom, and there's university. I'm not doing university right now. I'm coming to live with you, and you're going to disciple me deeper. (laughs) And that's how I began with this school. And we did four hours a day Bible study. She had four to eight hours of homework a day, plus we had outreach and evangelism. We're gone out on every weekend, nonstop. That's our schedule. If it doesn't go that way now, that child is bored. (laughs) This is life. You know, everyone said, Indra, if you do that, they will not accept you in university. She got accepted in university a year later, the top university in our country for graphic designs. And she walked in they accepted her, but it was 3,300 litas. That's that's like a six-month salary for a Lithuanian. And she just like, I don't know, we're gonna have to pray. I said, Yes, we are. And we began to pray. And it wasn't short it was shortly before school was begin. Mendogas, my first young man that I discipled, um, he didn't live with me, he just came on the weekends. Um, he um I w- started working with him because his parents said he needs to learn English. And I said, okay, everybody needs to learn English here. It's their second language. And, but they don't get to go to university if you don't know English. That's your, You have to test at English because most of their curriculum is for English books. And um, I said, well, I need to talk to him. He's 10 years old. He gets into my car. I drove by their village. He gets in my car, and I taken him out to camp. I said, so your parents say you need to learn English. Yes, I need to learn English. I need to go to university. I said, but what are you going to do with the English? What are you going to do with your university? He goes, I'm only 10. But I promise you this, I will use it for God. I said, really? That's big for a 10-year-old. I have a responsibility. I said, okay, I'm going to make a written contract with you, okay? I made a contract with a (laughs) 10-year-old. And we wrote it down. I said, I will teach you English, and I won't charge you anything. He's like, oh, that's very good if you promise to help the pastors and the missionaries to interpret and translate for free for the rest of your life okay you got a deal it's a 10-year-old <laughs> he's 18 now and he's kept that promise today in lithuania he's one of the top translators and interpreters in the nation not in the church in the nation he was asked to go do an interpreting for preschool government program. I don't know what it was for. But they had representatives from all over Europe there, and he was translating for Ethiopians. <laughs> I don't know how that works. <laughs> they paid him thirty-three hundred litas. He comes. That's more. That's six months' salary. He comes. He has to come through our city to go home. He says, "Sharon, I'm coming to the house." Indira needs to leave, and I'm like, uh, "Okay." You know, he's drama. <laughs> He walks in and he says, "Indra, you need to leave the house." She's like, "I live here, you don't you know they're they're siblings, kinda, <laughs> and she's like, "Indra, you need to leave the house now. I have very important business, and you can't be here." I said, "Mendoga' sh- she's okay. She can go up to her room. She's Lithuanian. I know they hear everything. <laughs> and so we sent her on her way. I said, "Be gone for about an hour." And he said, "Oh, I'm so excited." How much is Indra's school? I said, 3,300 liters. He says, look what I got today. And he'd already talked to his parents. He's headed to university a year later. He needs that money. His dad was out of work for six months. His parents gave him permission to do what God told him. And he wrote a letter from Jesus. He said, I don't want to ever, until this day, she still does not know. It came from him. Because they learn to give everything. That's what I teach. God wants everything. He wants all of you, physically, financially. He wants everything. And my kids added no pressure. And he gave it. She comes home. He's gone. She comes home. And she says, well, what did Minnie dog that's what she calls it, Minnie dog want? And I said, oh, him and I just need to chat. She goes upstairs to her room. She comes back and she goes, who's Jesus? Because it had that money in it. It said, love Jesus. I said, she gets her English wrong sometimes her grammar. I said, you mean who's Jesus? She goes, I know who Jesus is. Who's helping Jesus? <laughs> and I said, I, it just says Jesus. I need to know who's helping so I know how to thank him. I said, you can just thank Jesus. She's in university. Mendogas just finished high school this year, graduated third in the nation academically, number one in the nation in English. He had to pay one tax fee to go to the university. That's it, $1.80. God is good when we give everything. So uh, we have the privilege, and what I have to say about Yonova Home and all our homes, all our mission points, is you're not investing in buildings. You're investing in people. That girl, Indra, came from Yonova, from the streets. It's only five years later, four and a half years later. She is the voice of Jesus in Lithuania. People know her. When she, we take her into a village, I mean, we might have to hire guards. The kids are all over. Indra, Indra, And they want her to sign things, and she says, no, no. No, no, I don't sign anything. Because they know this is not about them. It's about Jesus. So we work with children. We disciple and mentor them. And the thing that, and the privilege that I have to do is just to be around them and watch what they're doing because I do disciple them, I do mentor them. But when they go out into the cities, there's no American presence there because I want Lithuania to know that God is alive and not America is alive. Can you imagine? I send these kids out, 21 to 12 years old. There's no adult supervision except for my truck driver. And he says, I don't need to supervise them. They supervise me. (laughs) And we'll do outreaches to an entire city for three days long. Now, I'm in the back. I'm hidden away because I'm the problem solver, you know, that, and, and things. But I think it's important that people see Jesus and not America. And we, I really, there's some simple principles. And it's amazing because I just think they're simple. And I think every one of us need to live this way, is the way that Jesus wants us to live. He discipled you know, he chose his disciples in Galatians two verses nineteen through twenty. And I'm gonna read from the message version. I've gotten in the habit of that because it, it actually translates better in the foreign country. It says, What actually took place is this. I tried keeping the rules and working my head off to please God, and it didn't work. So I quit being a lawman so that I could be a God's man. Christ's life showed me how and enabled me to do it. I identified myself completely with him. Indeed, I have been crucified with Christ. My ego is no longer central. It is no longer important that I appear righteous before you or have your good opinion. And I am no longer driven to impress God. Christ lives in me. The life you see me living is not mine, but it is lived by faith in Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I am not going to go back on that. I asked my kids if they could come to America, what would they share with you? And they had a lot to say. And so I have a video here of what they want to share with you about Kids Lithuania. I want to be an artist. I want to be someone who loves forgotten people. I want to be faithful to Jesus. I have learned at Kissler what I was born. With a purpose. And a plan. First of all, to worship God. And to know him. I'm not sure about God's absolute plans for my life, but I've learned that He is the most pleased when I'm faithful. And when I will honor Him in everything. No pressure. We are intensive discipleship ministry for you. After giving one some of the I realized that as much as I want to be in control of my life, I need to allow God to take control of everything. No pressure. To preach the gospel in a dark and secular land to a people who are lost. We are an evangelism team. Every part of me wants to run because of fear. I'm often the only one in my school. My college, in my neighborhood, who is convinced to live a Christ centered life. I love to dance, I love to sing and write music, to worship, to spend time with Jesus, to be a servant, to sing. I love kids and Lithuania. We are a TV production team. This program was created with one purpose reconversion discipleship. Our team has become a family. We're learning to put God and others before ourselves. Kis Lithuania has taught me to have a greater love for God's Word. Kids Lithuania has challenged me to give God everything. everything. We are a compassion ministry. We simply offer love and compassion to those who are unable to help themselves. No pressure. If I choose a selfish path, then my nation will never hear a gospel. And no. How awesome. God really is. Kis has taught me to be true to myself. Now that can get me in trouble. I've learned the power of making choices based on facts, not feelings. The importance of being faithful with a few things so that God will trust me with more. I've learned how to stand strong in faith even when life doesn't happen according to my plans. The importance of believing Jesus' depression. It's our opportunity to freely learn and expand our gifts and talents with hope. To inspire others to live a life that freely worships God every day. No pressure. Mila. Thank you, BGMC. Thank you to both of you who have came and shared your hearts with us here in Lithuania. Thank you. Speed the light. We are grateful for the transportation and equipment you have provided. Thank you, life, for the lost, for your faithful investment. From our family to yours, we sincerely thank you. We are a group of young people who simply understand. We have a responsibility before God and men to reach our nation. We cannot do this alone. We need your prayers and support to help us to be active in turning our current situation around. Less than half percent of our nation knows Jesus. Those who do know often fail in standing alone. Afraid to do something radical Lacking confidence that God will show up But those of us here at Kislevania are learning That there are no acceptable excuses Because Jesus deserves everything everything. That means all of us and all of you Totally committed Giving everything and being all things to all men For what? purpose? So that they may know Jesus They're the ones that shared their hearts and videotaped that. Milda wrote the music. Um, They love the Lord, and they they understand that it's up to them to share the gospel with their nation. I know our time is melting down here, but I want to leave you with four principles. If, If I could put it all into four things to help you because, see, I know I have a responsibility to disciple these kids. I know you have, a disi- you have a responsibility to disciple your neighbors, your workers. You can disciple people before they become believers by how, they, how you live. We teach by how we live. Um, and Jesus was a perfect example. Jesus, number one, Jesus told his disciples to follow him as he followed God. And it's strong. In 1 Corinthians 11 1, we see Paul, he says, Imitate me just as I imitate Christ. That's really direct. We need to be following God. Everything we do, everything we say, we need to learn to button our mouth sometimes. Because we don't have a right. We only have a right to share Christ as Christians. The second thing is, Jesus was with his disciples for the majority of most of the days. This is why I have these kids that come and they live with me all summer long. It's crazy (laughs) to have 12 to 13 teenagers living with you 24-7 for 12 weeks. Um, They're there every weekend at our center. But you see, when people truly get to see you, then they really know what you live. And you're held accountable. When you know eyes and ears are on you, you change your song and dance a little bit. And when you give them permission to hold you accountable, I give these kids permission to hold me accountable. And they do. Sometimes people go, you know, (laughs) and it doesn't offend me because accountability goes both ways. I want intimacy with them, just like Christ has intimacy with them. We believe in openness and and being transparent. I think that's a flaw in the church today, that we're not transparent, because we're so afraid of what people might think of us. But if we could just be real and genuine and open, and if the church could love one another greater with Christ's love and not judge one another, we could be a powerful force to change a nation by just simply walking down the road. The third thing is Jesus taught his disciples scripture and how to live it out on a regular basis. We must be people who love the word of God. Just not on Sunday. We have to be devourers of the word, and we need to memorize the word. Psalms 119.11 says, Thy word I have hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. I challenge my kids to memorize 150 scriptures a year new ones. I I throw them out there. Because that word of God, we're not promised tomorrow to have a Bible in our hand. And it is the word of God that sustains us. It is the word of God that has the authority. That's the thing that moves mountains, is the word of God. Not our opinion about God, the word of God. And so they are challenged to learn that scripture. Um Mindogis has read through the Bible um, three or four times. Indra's read it through the Bible two or three times. My younger kids, they're being challenged with that. We don't force it because it's legalism. But if they see you, if people see you living at a standard, and you're living at peace, and you're living, you know, you might not be the richest person. You might not have everything this world has to offer. But people recognize peace. People recognize compassion genuine love and concern for others they'll want to be partakers they'll want a piece of that and the fourth thing is that Jesus protected his disciples the reason why I do what I do is this Jesus we forget that the disciples more than half of them were teenagers he left this world and trusting teenagers to disperse the gospel. That's why I invest in young people. You see, I, I, I tried when I went to Lithuania with the older people, and they're God-fearing people. They love God. But it's hard to turn the Titanic because people get set in their ways. But you invade the heart of a child with a gospel, and you share and live before them in a way that breathes freedom, these kids, they fear nothing. They scare me. And it's not because I told them, don't be afraid, because every step of the way it's been their choice. But it's because they trust Jesus. They're confident in Jesus. That day that Indra showed up at the arena, she said, I have confidence in Christ. I know I will stand there alone in Christ. And that's what they know. Jesus shows up when they give everything. And I encourage you to live that life. But Jesus, when he sent out the disciples, he even added 70-some more people, and he sent them out in twos to every place he was going, and he always had their back. Church, if I could leave you with anything, it's these four things. The latter one? is so important we need to be a church that has each other's back protecting one another I mean it's amazing if you live free of not judging and criticizing that's God's job but simply love people look through you don't know the shoes that they've walked in. you don't know the past I mean, if, if you would know, two of the kids on our national discipleship te- team are street kids. One of the kids' mother's a hooker. Would that sell well on our podium? She knows where she came from, but she knows where she's going. That little girl was the blonde in the first video, and she wants to have a dormitory for teenagers where they can live there. street kids after they get out of the orphanage, after they have no place. You're going to live here, and I'm going to teach you about Jesus. That's her theory in life. You see, God changes lives, and I just encourage you to allow him to change your life. Allow him to have everything. Get rid of anything that takes you away from Jesus. Now, I'm not saying live in a bubble. You know, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about get rid of everything that holds you back. From your relationship with Christ we all have things turn off the TV for a night and go visit your neighbors freak them out hi we just wanted to come over and see you. and they were like oh. it happened in Lithuania that's what I did and they're like well, we're not poor we don't need food <laughs> I bake cookies you know and I'm like it's okay you know tea um and it's amazing these people who did not like us in their neighborhood, when we left, when we packed up, because when I come home, I have to pack up everything, go into storage. I had two elderly people, my neighbors, standing there going, do you really have to leave? Because they know we love them. They know that we have a three-football field-long driveway, and they know that Mendogas and Indra and all my kids love them. When they go out there shoveling, they go, the first time the guy's like, oh, I can't pay you. He goes, who's talking about money? Let's get the job done. You know? Every act of compassion translates into something, into eternity. And we need to be a people that are sensitive to that, and we need to be a people that protects their own. I just encourage you to live that life of freedom. Protect one another. We're going into a day and a time. We have Jesus and we have each other. This is what I teach in Lithuania. These kids are amazing. You need to come and visit us there so you can see how amazing they are. We had a pastor and their team from Michigan just this summer come, and I couldn't be there, and Indra and my team hosted them out in the middle of nowhere, and that guy was so afraid. The pastor, who, who's in charge, and I'm like, well, Indra, she's a kid. And I said, it's okay. She's used to it. And he's her me. And when at the end of the week, I met up with him, because I had to be at TV production. And he said, I want you to come to my church and disciple my kids. He said, even the 12-year-old got in someone's face. And I said, oh, I hope she wasn't rude. Oh, no, she just told somebody, told one of my kids to snap out of it. It's not about you. Get to work. One of the kids on his, his AIM team was kind of rumbling about the long hours. And she's like, Milda, snap out of it. Just snap, you know. And it's not about us, is it? Our life should be about Jesus. I encourage you with it. Praise the Lord. It's fun having you here. And uh, we've been looking forward to having you. Aren't you glad she came and uh, shared some stories with us? Yeah. We know um, she had she slipped on the ice earlier this year, and uh, you're going to have surgery next year early, uh, hopefully, And uh, unless God heals you completely. And uh, let's just pray. Just stretch your hand toward her. Let's pray a blessing over her before we go. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in Sharon's life. Lord, we thank you for your hand on her. Uh, you are using her in a mighty way. And, Lord, I just pray that you would just touch her body. Uh, soul and spirit. Lord, uh, heal this knee that's been giving her grief. And uh, Lord, I pray that uh, you would just uh, heal her in Jesus name. We thank you for this. Amen. Amen.